Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, a safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now today, I'm very excited to have here with me my guest, Dr. Leonie Madison, who will be sharing with us her journey and how she came to develop the thread six system to help survivors free themselves from past trauma and live an abundant life. I am so stoked about this because for those of you who've been following me for a while, you know, I've been doing this work for about 13 years and I've developed, you know, the Beyond Surviving program built on my own experience and study of neuroscience and my own kind of journey in working with clients. And I'm always excited when I meet people who have developed their own tools and their own strategies for approaching this, because as you all know, um, we all need, um, you know, approaches that really fit and resonate with us. And so the Beyond Surviving program might be exactly that for you, but it might also be the thread system. So we're going to really get to hear more about that um, as we chat today. To tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Leone, she is an organizational and talent development practitioner, author of the books, The Thread, Imperfect Steps to a God-Ordained Purpose. I love that, imperfect steps, wow. <laughs> We're gonna hear so much about that. And she's also the author of Besides Still Waters, a 21-day devotional, and as well as the creator of The Thread System. She earned a doctorate in organizational leadership from Argosy University, a master's in business administration from Georgian Court University, and a Christian life coaching certificate from Light University. She is also the recipient of the 2018 18th Annual Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40, recognizing the 40 best and brightest transformational leaders on the Central Coast under the age of 40. So she's a badass. You know, I love women who are killing it out there. So Dr. Leone, welcome. So glad you're here today. 
Thank you, Rachel. I uh, it's just an honor. I'm so excited about talking, um, you know, sharing with you and your audience today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. And um, I'd really love for you to share a little bit more with our audience about you. I, you know, in reading your bio, I was just like, yes, go get it done because you know, getting a PhD is. Woo, you know, I don't have one because I know it's a lot of work, <laughs> man, yeah. uh, along with those other, you know, um, achievements. And I'm sure we'll hear more about your journey. And I'd love to know a little bit about what inspired you. What has been, you know, your life journey that's led you to where you are today? Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on your program today. I am um, thrilled. I've been looking forward to this for months. So thank you so much for having me. So who am I? <laughs> you really want to know? Little questions. It's an itty bitty question. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. So um, to start off, I I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica, the West Indies, and I consider uh, to myself as a black Caribbean girl. I'm a black girl, a black woman, a black leader, a black mom, and hopefully one day a black wife. Mm. And um, <laughs> I grew up uh, in New York City. I grew up in New York City, uh, migrated to the U.S., oh Lord, um, over 30 years ago. And um, that's where my, my, a lot of my schooling took place in, in New York on the East Coast. And then I got married, had children, and I always say I have a husband. Mm. And then later, <laughs> uh, <laughs> later, <laughs> yes, I have a husband. And um, later um, relocated to uh, on the West Coast, which is where I am um, right now. I don't know what God has in store for me next. So that's a little bit about my um, kind of the summary of my upbringing. Um, in terms of the educational pursuit, I, I wrote this yesterday about my passion for education and my, my call. I really believe with all of my heart that I am called to be a light, especially to women who are stuck in the dark and the dark of trauma. That dark, uh, I would call it's almost like a passage, right? It's a passage. The, 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 the light is in front of them but they cannot see it right now. And so I use my book um, when I'm able to speak, my life the way I live as a lantern to really help women to navigate through the darkness and to go find their own path in the world. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So as you're talking, I'm um, so resonating with your voice, um, it brings back warm, yummy memories of my um, my husband's mother. <laughs> I am extremely um, close to and love dearly, who is also Jamaican, and oh, cool. um, and so I just wanted to name that because I just I love it and I love the culture <laughs> and um, and that journey um, of coming to New York, right, and landing here in the States, um, you know, I know from her experience, that was very um, transformational, like that actually being, you know, that immigration story, I think a lot of times impacts, like, how we show up in the world, and it's absolutely. such a critical part um, of who you are. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, I, you know, when I hear people, like, when I'm faced with situations, which we'll talk about the thread in a little bit, but when I'm faced with, um, of like, monster challenges I remember that journey I remember what it was like to pack that suitcase the first time to leave my mom to come to this unknown place and the bravery and the courage that you know I, I, I don't know how I want I really hope that the listeners hear my heart today of how courageous we are as women yeah. and to not let one moment in time one situation one rape one mm, physical abuse, one emotional abuse, do not allow that to stop you. Girl, get up. Mm -hmm. you're, you're tougher than that. You're stronger than that. You know, but he beat me and I'm so wounded. That's okay. Get up in the wound. Get up anyway. You know, mm -hmm. it was such a frightening experience 
experience to come to America. We had an accent. My hair was short and nappy. They told me my nose was big. They told me my skin was too dark. They told me that um, I talked too much, which really I was just a good speaker. I was a public speaker in the making. Um, they told me that, um, you know, I didn't fit in because I was heavy. I, at one point in my life, I weighed 270 pounds. They told me I did not fit in. Um, they told me that because my, my, I didn't grow up with a dad, I would not make a good wife or mother. Oh, story. Wah, 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 wah. Stories that people tell us and we believe them and tell ourselves. And so I had to remember something my grandmother told me, which is how I started the Thread book. I remember my grandmother and she used to love, she quilted, she used to love to quilt. But how we do quilting in Jamaica is that we use scraps, old scraps from stuff that we no longer wear. We got scraps from our neighbors. We got scraps from all over the house and put it together. And at different point in time, we would bring different family members together and we would quilt, we would put the pieces together, almost like a puzzle in a way, but a yeah. puzzle perfect i don't like puzzles because it's just too perfect There's one only one option to finish <laughs> yeah exactly Which we get to be creative yeah and so um during the process uh we would have quarrels there were laughter we heard all kinds of weird stories so we were learning culture <laughs> that was her way of teaching us culture or heritage who we are mm. during the process we we experienced getting uh, our fingers pricked and so we saw blood, but that was also her way of teaching us how to be resilient and not to be so emotional, take emotions off the table, right? Mm -hmm. And stay focused on the vision that was established. Mm -hmm. And so this took a couple months, but, and she was so strategic that she would start like midpoint in the year that really led up to Christmas. So Christmas okay. was the time when all of the foreigners come to Jamaica. Oh my gosh. And we saw yeah. family. You know what that's like, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the, the, the quilt was now on the bed. Mm. And it's a beautiful spread. But honey, you turn that bad boy over, it's hot messy. Mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. <laughs> but the, on the covering on the bed, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that when I remembered that and where I was at that point in my life, I go, this is not my story. It's a part of the journey, but I don't have to sit there looking at all of the bad things that I have been through. How can I honor, acknowledge and honor what I've been through? Mm -hmm. Rise, get up find the strength to get my pick myself up so that I can start the journey. And something I wrote this morning in my, in my notes for myself, I was so intent on keeping myself. I wanted to keep from returning to my past. Yeah. And so what I had to do just like my grandma create a picture of a better future. Yes. So that's how the thread came about. I started asking questions. I started to really dig deeper into what I always, the woman I've always known myself to be. I love to be kind-hearted. I love to give. I love to love. I'm a happy person. I, I, I just, I, I, I knew her, but I had never met her. Right. Yeah. And so I went, I went for her. I pushed past the little girl who was wounded. I pushed past the victim. Mm -hmm. And I went, I went after her. I went after Leonie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's, there are so many things. I'm like, where do I even start? Where do I even start? So first of all, the space of being with ancestors. So even though you and I grew up very differently, I grew up in the Midwest in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, but quilting was also a part of my family culture as well aunties and the women of the family coming together, sitting around the table, right? And exactly as you say, piecing things together. And that really resonated with me just in the space of, 
you know, we have to have people in our lives who are um, stewarding us and who are modeling for us healing and health and wellness. And sometimes we're very lucky to have ancestors who have that capacity to do that for us. Sometimes we don't. So we call on other ancestors or other connections to support us with that. But that place, what I really heard in what you, you shared there is that that gave you this like this safe space into in which to lean to really see yourself through this other lens, through these other possibilities to see what was available for your future and calling you towards and forward in that. Absolutely. And, and it's so critical, and I, and I share this with women, how important it is to be yourself, your authentic self, yeah. because the authentic you, yes, there are some pages in our stories that we don't want to read. We don't want, to, we want nobody to know of what we've been through. Right. But the authentic you show up wounded, um, hurt, happy, sad one moment, um, fatigued the other, frustrated. But it is within the, uh, we, we, we call it the melting pot of who we are, right? Uh, mm -hmm. you, you've been to Jamaica, so you know about seasonings, right? And there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into our jerk <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> for it to be become such a flavorful, it's, it's a very flavoring, very flavorful, um, you know, um, spice. Yeah. But in order for us to get there, we need to, I want women to hear my heart, stop trying to be perfect. And my grandmother's, that experience that I had with my grandmother left such an impact on me. It wasn't because she was perfect or she wanted everything to be so perfect. It's because she showed up as her authentic self to bring us into this experience experience that was then look how many years later and it has impacted my life and I'm using those lessons learned to impact others mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times we get caught up into societal norms of what they society says is norm right, right. and we work so hard to become that person and we're miserable with her or him because that's not who we truly are and so I had to find that, Leonie, I had to go back to my roots and remember what grandma said to me, you can use all the pieces of what you've been through to transform your journey. Yes. You yes. can use every single scrap, every crap and scrap you've been through to become a better you. Yes, girl, you can do it. It is so possible. Yeah, it's so critical. It's so critical when, you know, I talk with my clients about um, some, you know, this imagery of, uh, you know, this, this tapestry that is our life. And oftentimes when we are in the trauma and when we're in those early stages of healing, the image that I got as you were sharing about this quilt laid out on the bed with like it's a beautiful side really seen, but underneath, I imagine like part of my life, I was walking around with that quilt like turned inside out, like, you know, kind of like a cape, like it was wrapped around me, but all of the mess was on the outside, right? And it was so, I was so tender and I was so easily triggered and everything was raw and everything was exposed. And uh, like, and then this image of healing really being where we understand that we, we hold the, the crap, <laughs> you know, and we have those experiences, but they don't have to be always externalized. And that there is another side to the story, right? There is our authentic self. There is our healed self. So let's talk a little bit about how the thread system, the, the name makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Thank you. Putting the pieces together here. So how does the thread system, how do you use that? What is it? How does that support your clients in this healing? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So let's talk about the trauma for a little bit, because before we can get to how we arrive at the tool, it will be remiss of me not to share how I got here. Thank you. And so um, I talk about Jamaica, uh, you know, I was born there, grew up there for, um, until I was around 12 years old, but that's where the trauma all got started. Okay. I was um, raped by family members, molested. I was, I suffered spiritual abuse, um, you know, by different faith-based leaders. I actually also in school, I don't know how I developed a love for school when the trauma was 
so raw in school from the boys, from the teachers, even um, on the bus going to school, I experienced trauma. And then when I came to the U.S., I also the trauma did not stop there. And the thing about the trauma that took place in Jamaica that I later learned, I was stuck there. The little Leone was mm. stuck in Jamaica. Mm. And the one experience that I vividly remember and talk about in the book was an experience where I remember my mom used to love to go to church. She went to everything the church function there was. And my mom, whenever the church doors were open, she went in the morning for devotion. She went for regular service. She went in the evening. She went for practice. We cleaned the church. It was five, four Saturdays in the month. She had five kids. We all had a Saturday to clean the church. Okay, so our lives revolved around the church. <laughs> yes. And so when abuse happened in those places, it leaves that your soul is and so I remember this one incident where my mom, like I said, had um, taken us to this convention. And during the convention, it was time for us to eat. And I remember I had my dinner and there were extra plates of food left over. And I, I can't remember if I asked for it or it was, if it was given to me, but I remember eating the food. And when we came back to our community a Sunday later, the faith-based leader went up to the pulpit and she said, um, we have a greedy girl in the house, very greedy. I was only maybe eight or nine. Oh, and not only did she shame me publicly, but she also in Jamaica, they had what was called putting you in the back bench. And I was a big girl. So even when I share the story, I know a lot of people who probably know me, they're like, that happened. I was always a tall and big girl because people thought I was older. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm only, I'm 42 this year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people have known me for years. They're shocked. They, they've always thought I was older. And so she put me in the back of the church. And this was a shaming experience because I wasn't allowed to interact and communicate with the rest of the congregation and I wasn't allowed to play with my peers mm -hmm. and understand for a young girl yeah. my soul was stuck at the back of the church for 30 years later I, it was stuck <sighs> and I couldn't trust God I, I still went you know I, I would still go to church I, I still fellowshiped with, with 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 the Christian community but I never trusted God Right. And so my, I, I found that, that was so critical to share that because I kept going back to Jamaica as I became, uh, got older and I was in the U.S. I would go back to Jamaica four, five, six times, but I would never go to that church. Mm -mm. No way. I can imagine. But the thing was, my soul was stuck. So I share this because it was a revelation for me to say to women, whenever you find yourself keep going back to that thing, it's because your soul is stuck in the experience. Yeah. And so women will ask, why do I still love him? Well, it's because your soul is still stuck there. There is still that emotional soul connection. Mm -hmm. And so I kept going back and going. And let me tell you, the more I would go back to Jamaica, the more the trauma increased in various, I mean, in different mm -hmm. moments, in different ways, with different people, I kept it's almost like I kept accruing trauma, traumatic events and injuries. And so fast forward, I came to the U.S. and um, it continued. I was also, again, sexually abused by another pastor, another faith-based leader. Um, in addition to that, to your point, I was at 1.270 pounds. And so I was wearing that jacket of shame and the weight. And then on top of all of that, to add more injury to what I was going already going through, I then suffered belt palsy when I was pregnant with my second daughter. Yeah. And then here I am trying to pick myself up, trying to get my life back together. I came down with lumps in my breast, which was, you know, um, a threat of cancer. Then to make matters worse, here I am, I'm going to move on now because just New York is not doing it for me. There's just too many traumatic injuries that has occurred there. I'm going to move on and God is going to lead me and I'm just going to go as he leads. I moved to the West Coast. All the stress, 
Remember now, I'm not dealing with anything. I'm burying everything. I'm covering everything. I have no I'm not dealing with it, okay? And so I'm carrying this weight behind me, this weight of the, the rape and the molestation and the sexual abuse and the spiritual abuse and the divorce and the, I mean, you name it, I had it all. And then guess what happened, Rachel? I crashed and I had a stroke. Oh. Leonie. And I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. Mm. And at that junk, I remember going through that process in time. I'm looking through my window because where it happened was next door where I live now. Mm. And I remember crawling on the floor. And I made a decision at that point. When I hit that rock bottom, that was it. When you make a decision, you cut off all other options. Correct. A decision says every other, it's not, it's not negotiable. My decision to live, to get better, to get help, to make that intentional decision and here are some of the questions I asked myself while I didn't even know I was developing this tool, because at that point, I realized what was going on, because nobody was hitting me, nobody was doing anything to me. I knew it was because of the issues that I wasn't dealing with, yeah. was literally like a huge brick that literally just, like, just, just crumbled my life, crumbled my health, crumbled my mental state. I fell into a depression. And at that point, I remember in that room, I made the decision, enough is enough. Time to face this stuff, running away from what I've been through, playing, playing the superhero, raising three kids. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I made that decision. And as I said before, it was to keep from returning to my past. I started to create that picture and understand, Rachel, when I had a stroke and I was moving towards becoming better, I started recording myself. Mm. I started recording myself and it was my way of helping people because that's what's in me. Mm. And I started recording these daily little messages and, and I would listen to myself because I couldn't speak properly because I was still, you know, right. um, on my healing journey. And I asked myself these key questions, and I learned them. I'm not going to take credit for them. I learned them from somewhere. What will I start doing? What will I stop doing? What will continue? What will I continue doing with more intention and do it more often? And I also asked myself, what will I improve that I'm currently not doing? And I remember I couldn't answer any of those questions, but I knew I wanted to be a different girl. I, I knew within, in, with all of my heart that I wasn't content with who I was at that point, and I could not continue or else they were going to bury me at a young age. So that's how this, the thread system came about. I started documenting my journey, and I started realizing that, oh, I had to think. So that's where the T came about. Nice. Think. I had to think. I had to think, and the thought was, who did I want? Who was the Leone I was wanting to become? So it was to think of the outcome I wanted to achieve, right? What was I wanting in the moment when I was ill? I wanted to get better. That was it. I just wanted to feel better. Then there were other questions. I'm not going to give it away for the readers. They got to go get the book. And then <laughs> the T was to harvest the lessons learned. And I said, this one was hard. This was a very hard step because mm. I was now forcing myself to go back, to go relive some of the experiences I've been through. So the age is you, you harvest the lessons learned. But here's the question that I asked myself at that point is, what have I learned so far? What, what did I learn from 
from from from from from the the belt palsy? What did I learn from going through a divorce? What did I learn from relocating to another state? What did I learn about friendships? Because that was one of my biggest downfalls. Mm. Having the wrong people in my life, yeah. eating me the wrong things, and so I ended up with the wrong results. Right? So that's the age. And then the R. Oh, this one is tough. Hold tight now. <laughs> it's to release fear and break the painful pattern. Ah, release. Ooh, that's where we dig in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you dig hard because you're asking yourself this question. What do I need to let go of, right, to become the woman I say I want to be? Why do I need to let go of? Is it I need to let go of friendships or there's some behaviors for me at the time? I needed to let go of old beliefs and mindset. I believe I wasn't good enough. I was struggling with unworthiness, um, with worthiness wounds. I was struggling with believing that I was always going to be heavy. And even though I'd lost the weight, I still could not see myself as a beautiful girl because somebody told me years ago I was ugly. So I I couldn't see myself as this beautiful, healed woman. And then the E, this is the part now where if you're really serious, you're going to get down and get down dirty and get the work done. (laughs) It's the enlist allies to support you. You're going to reach out. You're going to get some help, whether it's therapy, whether it's a book, it's a seminar, you know, um, friends, your trusted friends, a counselor, get help, enlist support, enlist support so you can become the person who has been locked inside. And that was the game changer for me. When I really started, when I set that intention, the right people, st- not to say that the wrong people weren't sitting there and, I, and I, still there and I had to figure out how to sunset those relationships, right? Because we're good. We're going to shame and blame. Uh, yes, right. To do that. I, I learned the art of saying goodbye without mm. shaming or blaming anyone, right? And so working with a circle, and I built a circle around me. I talk about it in my book. I offer several options. I mean, I literally felt like the U.S. Army, like I built an army around me of folks to, to, to reach out to to get some help. Yeah. And then the A, now you know that you've changed. You know that you've transformed. You know that your imperfect steps now are moving towards a different direction. The mind. Adapt. And it's adopt, A-D-O-P-T, to adopt a new mindset and create healthy patterns, healthy behaviors. So everything that you've been taught in therapy from your counselor, that you're reading these books and you're attending these seminars, everything that you've been taught, put them into practice. It's not going to happen overnight, right? Transformation doesn't happen overnight. We're always transforming on a daily basis. But we have to be intentional to say, you know what? I was believing this about myself. It is now time for me to start believing that about myself, Mm -hmm. right? And taking those small steps to becoming better. And then the D girl is when you're like dancing. Ah, I love it. This is where you (laughs) get to dream of a new year. We gotta dance. Oh, yeah, because you've done the work. Time to celebrate. Yes. Yeah. And this is where you get to dream of this new you and design your joyful life. This is where now I'm like, okay, the new Leone, I'm going to change some things about myself, but not to the extent I'm trying to get people's approval, but I'm going to start celebrating who I am. I'm going to start honoring the woman I am, and I'm going to embrace her. So that's how we arrived at the six-step thread system, and that's a little bit about how it works. Beautiful. Thank you for breaking that down for us and highlighting some of the key pieces that, you know, we want to be tackling in this journey of healing. So exactly as you say, we can dance, we can celebrate, we can live, we can thrive, we can take back our lives and move forward. 
And, you know, in this, there's so many good pieces here. What really resonates with me in this moment is the idea of enlisting, enlisting allies. I think this is a piece that often gets missed in the healing process that we think, oh, it's me and my therapist right? Or it's me and my coach, or it's me in this book, <laughs> you know, um, but we heal in community. And so getting past those hangups and those fears that we have um, about building that army, I always say that one of the things that survivors are striving for, I think the most among the list of things that there's a lot of the most, but one of them is safety. Absolutely. And one of the ways that we create safety for ourselves in this world is having an army of allies Absolutely. so when things go down when shit hits the fan we are not standing there alone in the field but we can immediately call on this person that person that person and that creates safety and and support yeah absolutely and you know when women hear me speak today they're like you went through all of that and you you're you're you sound so happy you, and you can, i can't tell what you've been through that's the thing that's where the support mm -hmm becomes critical because when you know, when you learn along the way, I've learned that I was called to do this work. I also learned during the process that if I don't get better, I, it, it was so critical for me to get well so that I don't bleed out on the people I'm called to heal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's why the support is so critical because you get these tools and you get, you know, the knowledge that really becomes, I mean, when, when I'm sitting down and, and I'm having my moment where I'm reflecting on where I've been, I no longer do that from a place of condemnation and feeling like a victim. I have, I'm so grateful and sometimes I will cry, but I'm not bleeding. Yeah. That's the difference. So ladies, sure. you've got to, you know, spend time getting to know your purpose knowing what you value. And when you have those, you know, as your guideposts, when you know who you are, you know who you're not. And so when I learned that along the journey, I'm like, okay, I'm not going in front of the women bleeding out. I need to take care of my junk now, yes. take care of my mess now so that I can show up as a light mm -hmm. and to lead the women through the dark tunnel that they're stuck in yeah. so that they can experience what I'm experiencing now. Absolutely. You know, and one thing that I'm really present to as you're saying that, Dr. Leone, is this, you know, I think women, you know, statistically, um, it's proven that women contribute, women give back into their communities, statistically higher rates than men. We love our men who give. We love you guys. Uh, it's just a number, but it matters. And, and so when women are empowered, they do really good things with that power. And we know that statistically women are, you know, being abused and assaulted and molested at very high rates. And this is a disempowering place. And so you cannot, you can't, you know, serve yourself first and foremost, but you also can't serve your communities or your world um, when you're in that place of disempowered, which is why as scary and as hard and as daunting as this healing work is, it's critical. Because I think as women continue to rise and throw off the burden of these traumas, uh, I think the world's going to change in some really big effing ways. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, my boss, I don't know, she's the inventor of the quote, so please don't quote me on this, but she is known for saying to the staff, you can't give what you ain't got. Right. So in order for us to give back to our communities, we need to heal, right? Mm -hmm. And I posted this, I was trying to find it. Um, I posted recently on my um, social media page, which I don't know why it resonated so well with people, but it, it has. Um, and I'm going to read it for you because ever so often I, I go back to it and I want to read it for a woman and I'll send it to you. You can probably add it to, to, to where, whatever you want to add it to, but it says you can't undo the past. So get up, rejoice because you overcome it mm -hmm. and undo it. Yeah. But you can celebrate girl. I'm all about celebration, right? Celebrate, <laughs> you know, help others, pick others up because you've overcome. Not that you're perfect. And healing is a journey, 
right? As soon as one wound gets better, then something else around it starts itching, and then you got to attend to that. But here's the thing. I'm a firm believer that trauma does not create a lifetime of drama. Agreed. Yeah, 100% agreed. This is something that I've been battling and, and have been actively, you know, working against is this idea that it's a life sentence. Um, so not true. So not true. Um, and what is a life sentence is growing and learning and <laughs> discovering things and being curious, but being consumed and being constantly in the place of I have to look back at that and I got to work on that again and I got to deal with that again and I got to, um, you know, pull it all out again. And um, I, I don't think that that's how we're meant to to live. And no. so um, I 100% agree with you on that. <laughs> it's so important that we find that place. I got this image as you were sharing that quote that some of us end up drowning in our pain, drowning in our trauma. And we don't, you know, swim. We don't find the ladder in order to get out of the pool of pain, you know. And everything that, you know, it sounds like both of you and I are up to is really about helping people, like, let's throw them a life raft, whatever we need. Let's get out of that, right, you know. Um, and that's never to minimize or dismiss the experience. You've been through hell. I've been through hell. That's not to say, not, you know, that's all, you know, um, small or not meaningful or unimportant, but it's done. It's done. And here's the other part of it. The, my destiny is so much more exciting because I've been through the hell. That is what propelled me to move forward to my destiny. Okay. Because of the hell that I've been through, that's why I have no tolerance for drama. That's why I have no tolerance for saying stuff. You want to say stuff. I'm going to help you. I will throw out the raft. I will extend it, but it's up to you to make that decision that your destiny is way more important than what you've been through. And, and like I said, because I've been through the hell, the hell created the urgency for me to move forward yeah. to my destiny. Okay, yeah. because of it. Oh, you better write that down. Your destiny yeah. is more important than your history. Absolutely. Your, like that. <laughs> your history is what informs your destiny, Ooh. but your destiny is way more important than your, your history. Yes. Thank you, God, for my history. Mm. But I am going to, and you know, I talk about this in, in the book, this woman Rahab. She was known as this harlot, right? Yes. She's a strict. She's a Strategic mama jama. Let me tell you, that woman was strategic. She was like, okay, all right. Everybody knows me as the harlot. All right, no, no problem. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in the in the man industry. You know, she was she she was a woman who was in that industry, and everybody knew her for her lifestyle. But what did she do? She used that to her advantage, right? Mm -hmm. She was strategic. She said, all right, they already are going to accuse me of something right. or the other. So might as well, they're in front of me. I'm going to make a deal with them. That deal ended up not only saving the Israelites, but it changed history forever. One decision. The Ooh. power of an intentional decision to say to yourself, Yes, I have a history, I have a past, but what can I learn? What have I learned from the past? And what, if anything, I can use from the history to propel me forward to my destiny? Because something tells me that what's up ahead is way better. And I tell you, I say this in my book, I fell seven times, I got back up eight. Because here's the thing, Rachel, right. not yeah. only did I recover from the stroke, but when I got up, I went back to school. It was during my time in higher education, I developed this passion for education. I developed a passion for learning, for becoming a lifelong learner. It was during that time I earned an MBA, a PhD, several certification. I started mentoring women. I started teaching at a, this dropout, I was a college dropout. I had a baby at 20. Went back to teaching at a university, okay? In addition to that, this same girl who felt like her life was just nothing, was a mess, is the same girl who God said, no, I ain't finished with you yet. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you stop looking at the back of the quilt and you need to turn it over and look at the beautiful masterpiece I've designed for you, for your life. And it was that that helped me to get up and start working in my community. And that's how I got selected for the 40 Under 40 mm -hmm. Award. It was doing work in my community, helping others, extending, just doing my little part. Yeah. And so my, my destiny, look how much brighter. Talk about the history. I only got a minute to talk about my history, girl. I, I only got a minute. Let's talk about where we're going. I, you know, that's my new mindset in 2020. I'm like, I'm going to give you a minute of my history, but let's talk about Yeah, that's yeah. it. And that is everything. We know when we're talking about unleashing ourselves, right? So you can dream, so you can be passionate, so you find motivation and incentive and fortitude and all of those things that drive you towards what's next. And then what's next? And then what's next? Because life is an unfolding. Um, yeah. The last thing I want to share with you before mm, yeah. I want to share something. You, you just reminded me something, and I, and I grab my, have my note. I'm going to share something with you that I've learned. I actually learned this recently from this um, minister that I listened to. So I'm not going to take credit because it's his, um, Bishop um, Dale Bronner out of Atlanta. And this mantra just, it did something for me when I, when, I, when I heard it. And I want you to just see how all of creation is supporting us as women to rise in the, this century, this COVID-19 that we're going through is a time for us to reflect, to reset, reflect, take the time to reflect. But you better press that reset button and it is time for us to rise, to rise to our call. And he said, the wind, the wind teaches us, don't announce your next move. Let people feel your impact. Mm. The rocks, the rocks teaches us to anchor down in our courage, anchor down in who you know you are, not in who society says that you are, but who you know you've, or the woman you've always known yourself to be, that man that you've always known yourself to be. And number three, the clouds, they're always passing. It's passing, it's not permanent. Whatever you've gone through, look, girl, look how, 10 years ago, girl, move on. Right. Pass with the clouds, move with the clouds. And number four, the caterpillar. The caterpillar teaches us that you can change and or create the change you want to see. Number five, the bird. The bird teaches us to live stress-free. They're a stress-living creature, right? And they <laughs> teach us how to live stress-free. The river. The river teaches us to keep moving forward no matter what happens. That river is not stopping for you, Rachel, or me. It's knocking over whatever is in its way. <laughs> yes. It's going to go. And the eagle. The eagle teaches us to soar high and to reach for the sky, keep going. You keep going against the wind and you keep going through the clouds and you keep just keep going, right? And then the sun, the sun teaches us that light is always shining from the inside out because there's sunshine here on the East Coast. It's probably even on the West Coast, on the, it's, it's, it's sunny in the, on the West. It's probably even on the East, right? Yeah. But the sun is shining somewhere be part of that someone who's shining. Yes. And the last piece that really got me, dearth, dearth. Dearth teaches us that something beautiful can blossom out of something that's dirty. Yeah. A messy past, something beautiful can blossom out of your history. Write that story, girl. Get up and write that story. And you better pen the best chapter that your older self will enjoy reading. My goodness gracious. I'm about to write millions of quotes from you today. <laughs> That's so good. That is so fabulous. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing your heart, your passion, your soul, your spirit today. I am so inspired. I'm so moved. Um, thank you for the time together. I feel like I could talk to you really literally for like another three hours, <laughs> but alas, <laughs> we must go on to our next part of the river. We must keep flowing in our day. And um, Dr. Leone, talk a little bit about how people can find you. Where's the best place to connect with you? 
Great. I have a website. It's www.leonimatheson.com. I'm also on Facebook, Leoni H. Matheson. I'm on Instagram, Leoni H. Matheson. I'm on Twitter at Leoni Matheson. So start with my website, and there I have a store on site. All my books are there. I've actually released um, three, two books this year. You talk about two, but there are actually a total of five or six books that's out and available. I have the thread, Self-Help with the Six Steps. I have the Beside the Still Waters devotional, the thread coloring, adult coloring book, uh, I wait, uh, gave, I gave birth to that recently because of COVID-19, and you know us as trauma survivors, we want to move, 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 wait, and it's just like, you know, we um, <laughs> yep. and then release it, release it, or this one, I, I really would like our trauma survivors to um, grab, because it came from a reader who, and, and this is a copy of the book, it's on my site, a reader who says there are some intentional parts that she wants. Um, supporters to pray for trauma survivors. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed the 30 prior points and I created some prayers here for our readers. Mm -hmm. And it also has a little journal page for them to write as well. So check out my website. All the books and the tools are made available for our trauma survivors and victims. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So yes, everybody listening, go pop over, visit the website. I'll make sure that you have the link in the show notes. And Dr. Leone, thank you again so much for your time today. It's been an absolute joy. And for all of you listening, thank you so much for, for tuning in and joining us today. You can also visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about the sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the other resources there. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a note or a comment, and then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.